Hey, good morning, everybody. We are doing this podcast just before Memorial Day. So we just want to take a few moments to thank everyone who has served in our great armed forces to protect our wonderful country. Now, back to our podcast. You are now listening to my dad's podcast. In medicine, across all disciplines, some techniques have been passed down by tradition, despite a lack of being evidence-based. During first trimester uterine evacuation, have you ever heard another OR team member or the anesthesiologist ask, Hey, are you ready for Pitocin? Why is Pitocin part of first trimester uterine evacuation? Does Pitocin cause uterine contraction in the first trimester? Let's look at the data. All right, before we get into the crux of the issue, which is using Pitocin in the first trimester, let's do a quick review on this hormone. Oxytocin is a peptide hormone and neuropeptide. Remember that oxytocin is produced normally in the hypothalamus and released by the posterior pituitary. Don't forget that oxytocin does not only have a role in childbearing, but also has a role in social bonding, sexual reproduction, orgasmic release during childbirth, of course, and it is even involved in the milk letdown process. This hormone was first described by Henry Dale in 1906, and its molecular structure was determined in 1952. In addition to the known effects of oxytocin on the myometrium, oxytocin can modify cardiovascular responses as well. Oxytocin is known to modify blood pressure as well as heart rate, both through effects within the CNS and through effects in other organs like the heart, the blood vessels, and kidney. Oxytocin may also cause cardiovascular effects by affecting other mediators such as atrial natriuretic peptide, nitric oxide, and alpha-2 adrenoreceptors. Now remember that oxytocin, especially in bolus formulas, can cause severe and potentially fatal hypotension. So unlike vasopressin that can increase vascular tone, the effect of oxytocin in the peripheral vascular resistance is usually to decrease tone and decrease peripheral vascular resistance. The ability of oxytocin to decrease bleeding is extrapolated from the OB literature, mainly from third trimester studies. But pitocin in the first trimester has questionable biologic plausibility, even if it's used in the late second and early third trimesters. Uterine oxytocin receptor concentration does not increase significantly in the myometrium until about 36 weeks of gestation, and receptors are not fully expressed until a woman enters actual labor. Oxytocin has been widely used during surgical termination of pregnancy in the first trimester with the intention to reduce blood loss and the risk of uterine perforation during the surgery. But this is based on the presumption that oxytocin increases uterine wall tone. But in order for oxytocin to increase tone, pitocin receptors, of course, must be present. 
although some studies from the 1980s stated that oxytocin use for first-trimester DNC helped to reduce blood loss, more recent and more rigorous studies evaluating the routine use of oxytocin for first-trimester surgical abortion have failed to show any significant effect on blood loss. All right, let's get a little bit more in detail regarding the anatomy, the physiology of oxytocin receptors on the malmetrium. Fuchs et al. studied oxytocin receptor concentration in the human uterus during pregnancy and during labor and published their study in the American Journal of OBGYN back in 1984. As stated by the authors, we have determined the concentration and distribution of oxytocin receptors in myometrial and decidual tissues obtained at C-section or hysterectomy during pregnancy. Myometrial receptor concentrations were negligible at 13 to 17 weeks, but had risen about 12-fold by 37 to 41 weeks. Now, after the onset of labor, either preterm or term, the receptor levels were maximal and significantly higher than before the onset of labor. Now, in cases of failed induction of labor with oxytocin and in post-term pregnancies, the receptor concentration was significantly lower than in spontaneous labor. This gave the idea that pitocin administration over prolonged periods of time could lead to downregulation of the receptors. The authors also stated that myometrial receptor concentrations in the fundus and the corpus were similar and significantly higher than in the lower uterine part of the uterus. It was also negligible in the level of the cervix. So once again, myometrial receptor concentration was equal in the fundus and the corpus uteri, but it was lower in the lower uterine segment and it was almost negligible in the cervix itself. In 2014, Yulia et al. published The Control of Oxytocin Receptor Expression Mediated by a Combination of Steroid Hormone Stimulation, Stretch, and Inflammation. These authors concluded that oxytocin receptor concentration in the malmetrum progressively increases throughout pregnancy, beginning in mid-gestation, but really increasing the rate of expression after 36 to 37 weeks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, what does this have to do with Pitocin use in the first trimester? Let's look at the data. Nygaard et al. sought to investigate the use of oxytocin in first trimester uterine evacuation by performing a randomized clinical trial. This was published in ACTA Obstetrics and Gynecology in 2011. This was the first trial as an RCT to investigate the effect of Pitocin on post-op blood loss as well as its effect on periop pain and nausea after first trimester uterine evacuation. 
This was a single-blinded, randomized controlled trial. The authors demonstrated and stated that the widely adopted routine use of oxytocin during surgical management of first trimester pregnancy was unnecessary. A total of 378 patients undergoing surgical termination of first trimester pregnancy were randomized into two groups. All women received pre-op misoprostol. Group 1 received oxytocin during the surgical procedure, while Group 2 received no oxytocin. The amount of vaginal bleeding, severity of pain and nausea were recorded immediately after the procedure and monitored for the first three days post-op. Baseline characteristics were the same for the two groups. Here are the findings. No significant difference in post-op blood loss in hospital, blood loss at home, or pain scores during the hospital stay or within the first three days were noted. Once again, there was no difference in post-op blood loss. None of the patients in the study experienced complications requiring additional medical or surgical treatment and no accidental perforation of the uterine wall nor excessive bleeding required additional strategies were recorded. The study, once again, was the first RCT to investigate the effect of oxytocin on post-op blood loss and its side effects with the main strength of a relatively large sample size. Again, that N was 378. This concluded, once again, based on the authors, that the routine use of first trimester oxytocin for uterine evacuation was just unnecessary. It has been shown previously that misoprostol, which was given to all patients in this study, can in fact reduce blood loss during surgical evacuation of uterine contents, and that may reduce the need for additional oxytonic medication, but not the use of pitocin. All right, well, that's great for the NIGARD study, but what does ACOG say? Well, remember that the ACOG Practice Bulletin on Early Pregnancy Loss, which is Practice Bulletin 200, states that medical care for first trimester pregnancy loss includes mifepristone with misoprostol or misoprostol alone. ACOG does not provide any pitocin protocol for the medical management of first trimester pregnancy loss. Remember, even for the medical management of second trimester loss or the need for labor induction in the second trimester, high-dose prostaglandin derivatives with or without cervical mechanical dilators like laminaria are preferred. High-dose pitocin protocols have variable efficacy until around 26 to 28 weeks of gestation or more. Well, what about the use of pitocin in the second trimester? Let's get into that a little bit more. Look, guys, let's not lose fact of what we're talking about here. The original intent of the podcast was to understand why Pitocin is used in the first trimester during surgical evacuation. And the main answer for that seems to be tradition, because it doesn't seem to be evidence-based. There is a progressive increase in oxytocin receptor concentration on the myometrium starting in the second trimester, but it really revs up as late as 36 to 37 weeks, reaching a maximal increase in concentration in labor, but in the second trimester, pitocin may have an effect. Whitehouse et al. examined the effect of prophylactic oxytocin on bleeding outcomes in women that were undergoing D and E between 18 to 24 weeks of gestation. 
In this multi-site, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trial, patients received 30 units of oxytocin in 500 mLs of IV fluid, or 500 mLs of IV fluid alone, initiated on speculum placement. The primary outcome was the frequency of interventions to control excess bleeding. They concluded that prophylactic use of oxytocin during D&E at 18 to 24 weeks did not decrease the frequency of interventions to control bleed, but it did seem to decrease blood loss and the frequency of overt hemorrhage. So, kind of a conflicting result. But again, that was White House examining the effect of prophylactic oxytocin on bleeding outcomes between 18 and 24 weeks. All right, let's wrap up this podcast. So, are we supposed to use Pitocin for first trimester suction evacuation of the uterine cavity? Well, despite the history and the tradition, there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence to base that recommendation. Remember that Pitocin receptors on the malmetrum are not present in any clinically meaningful manner in the first trimester. So, for first trimester uterine evacuation, consider the use of ultrasound guidance, which can reduce the rate of uterine perforation and reduce the risk of retained products of conception. Remember that ACOG does not mandate OBDNC in the first trimester to be under ultrasound, but other societies like the American Institute of Ultrasound and Medicine do state that it should be considered. Uterotonics like methyl ergonovine or misoprostol should be considered as first line for increased uterine tone for first trimester uterine evacuation, barring any contraindications like hypertension for methyl ergonovine or asthma for PGF to alpha derivatives. But remember that asthma is not a contraindication for misoprostol. We should leave Pitocin for the late second trimester or when it really matters, which is for third trimester pregnancy care. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.